Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Check In by TMR. We have a different kind of episode for you today, but, but one that we're really excited to share. Just about a month ago, we ran our annual Travel Marketplace East Conference in Toronto, a, a two-day conference that the TMR team puts on every year where we do our best to connect with travel advisors, to connect those advisors with suppliers, and generally come together to celebrate the travel industry. It's always really been one of my favorite weeks of the year, and this year was no different. 2023 was by far our largest ever TMP East. And after having to cancel one edition during the pandemic and then restart with a lot of health protocols and attendance limits, it was really a treat to see so many advisors and representatives from around the industry in Toronto this year. We did something a little different to kick off this year's edition, and that's what I wanted to share with you today. We were incredibly honored to be able to share the story of how a Ukrainian family was able to escape the war with Russia and start a new life in Canada because of assistance from the travel agency industry. It's a story we were fortunate enough to be able to share in TMR earlier this year, but one that we wanted to share again live with our conference attendees in Toronto. In the following clip from the show, you'll hear from Max, a former Ukrainian-based travel advisor who now calls British Columbia, Canada his home, his wife, Victoria, and Kathy Scott, the owner of British Columbia's Departures Travel. It's a story that we wanted to share as you're hearing the clip because with how busy the whole travel industry is these days, it's important to remember the power of what travel can do and the impact it can have on individuals, and on families. Again, for the whole TMR team, it was really such an honor to have Max, Victoria, their two children, and Kathy as our guests for TMP East last month and to be able to share their story. We hope it inspires you and, and you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed having them there. So without further ado, let's check in with Max, Victoria, and Kathy. All right, thank you, Geraldine. And thanks again for everyone for coming out today. Um, like Geraldine said, we're here to hopefully help you build your business and improve your agency over the next two days. We really have an action-packed program, a lot of different sessions we've never done before. Um, but we're also here, hopefully, to help inspire you, to show you what the travel industry can do at its very best and the stories it can tell. And we're really happy to kick off today with, with one of those stories, um, a story about how the industry helped uh, a family who was forced to escape the conflict and flee for their lives. Uh, a long and harrowing journey that took them to Poland, Portugal, Berlin, and finally to Victoria in British Columbia, Canada. Um, and hopefully we can help set the stage and tell the story. But again, thank you, Max. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you for Kathy for joining me today. Uh, it really is a privilege mm -hmm. for us, and it, uh, it really is a special moment. Um, I want to start with you, Max. I know uh, I want to start in the beginning. You and your family, you were in Ukraine uh, early 2022. Can you talk to me a little bit about what life was like at the beginning of the conflict um, with Russia? Uh, when did you first start hearing that things were ramping up and that a large-scale conflict would potentially change your lives? Thank you, first of all. Thank you for having us here and giving us this opportunity to share our story. Yeah. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, we had a... A usual life, we were running a travel business, so we were actually all 
all my life I was in a travel business. My parents founded a travel agency like in 1996. And uh, for the last like 10 to 15 years, we were running uh, that business once my parents retired. So we were running together with my wife. And uh, it was just uh, the same life as all travel advisors had all over the world because the business pretty much the same all over the place. And uh, yeah, so there were of course rumors going on like for the last, I would say, six to nine months before the start of the war that something's gonna happen and I didn't believe in that. So it was not the first time and it is not, it will be not the last time, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, so I didn't want to change my life, but my wife was skeptical and she, she wanted to take some action. And uh, I was in a basketball amateur team and I couldn't let my team down, so I didn't want to leave. <laughs> so, and Victoria, you worked at the agency as well, right? Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So I know you didn't. I know you were reluctant to move. I mean, we would all be reluctant to leave our homes. But at what point did you realize, or did you make the decision that action was needed? Well, when the missiles were flying over the head all the time, yeah. And uh, when my kids were asking if they can actually sleep in pajamas. Uh, because we were sleeping all dressed up and ready to actually leave the house any moment. So that was the time when I actually realized that we need to, to cross the border. Yeah. And so I actually crossed the border on March 5th. And so I took two of my kids and two suitcases. And uh, this was definitely the hardest decision in my life because I didn't know if I would see my husband. So. While I was crossing the border, I was all in tears. And uh, the person who was actually putting the stamp in my passport, he, I, I could feel that he could feel my pain, as well as many other women as well. So um, yeah, this is how it was. And I ended up in Portugal uh, in a very beautiful island on Azores Islands. And the island that I ended up was called, or is called actually, flourish and so if you ever get a chance to go to this place please do so it's super beautiful over there i'm very calm so max what was that experience like for you i mean obviously things were extremely intense at home and your wife your children they had to take off i mean what was what was your feeling how did it how did you deal with that kind of pressure well in, in the beginning of course it was really hard because there was no specific plan where to go and what to do. And uh, so it was like we had to make decisions every day and uh, we had to switch the locations. We had to, uh, well, it was of course because we are in a travel business, we know how to buy flights, we know how to book the hotels and we know how to find right people in the, in the right locations. and. Uh, uh, our travel connections helped us a lot, like later on when we were able to find the right people and who gave us the right opportunity, so to say. And of course, I mean, uh, I, I was away from my family for a couple of months and uh, I had to make a decision. And I, like family is the main priority for me. So I was, uh, I made a, this decision in my life, in my mind that I had to take action and to be with my family. And after that, when we ended up in uh, finally in Portugal, we also had to make a decision whether to stay there or to, to move further. 
and uh, of course, I mean, we do have a knowledge of English language, and uh, hopefully it's enough for the audience, and, uh, and uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes. And we were not able to use our experience in Portugal, we were not able to use uh, uh, the local market because we had to speak Portuguese and it was a really small island, just 3,000 people and our village had 300 people and it was a big shift from the 3 million or 4 million city, like yeah. Kiev is a big capital city. And uh, I mean, and we were thinking about the future of our kids and, uh, and uh, where can we put our skills at work and we had to choose the, the English-speaking country. So. Yeah. so how long were you in Portugal for? Six months, I think. Six months? And uh, what was, I mean, you spoke a little bit about it, Max, but what was life like in Portugal? I mean, it must have been a relief to get out of Ukraine, yeah. but also you're in a foreign country. Max mentioned foreign language. It must have been yeah. a very difficult transition. Uh, no, actually not so, so, not so difficult because we were happy to end up in a quiet place. The only time that we were disturbed is when the helicopter was flying, but this is, was the, the minor and little thing. So, um, but the kids actually started going to the Portuguese school. Oh they God. had no idea what was going on during lessons. Yeah. And for everyone, uh, you have two children, and what ages are they? Uh, 15 and 11. Okay. Um, so, eventually I know you would end up in Victoria in British Columbia. Uh, how did you land on Victoria, Max? I mean, how did uh, a, a region on the opposite side of Canada how did that end up as, as a place you want to target as your home? Well, I think Victoria, we can answer. I was actually the one who chose the place <laughs> okay. because I Googled the warmest place in Canada. And there it was, up. number one. Okay. <laughs> so I, uh, I made some preliminary, preliminary arrangements with Calgary because my classmate lives there like for uh, 10 years and okay. she has uh, like a house that she can rent out for us. And I said to her that most likely we are coming to Calgary, but after Victoria did some research on the weather there, so we... we, we <laughs> um, yeah, so <clears throat> what is, was the process? You, you, you decided on Victoria, and now preparations have to be made in order to get to, to, to Victoria. And I, Max, you mentioned you both experienced in the travel industry. I'm, I'm assuming that helped a lot, but what was the journey like from Portugal into Victoria? What was your first step to get that in motion? Well, the, the only thing, it took us so long to, to, to we, need, we had to stay in Portugal for so long because there was some uh, bureaucratic procedures. We had to wait for the approval to get to Canada, to get a special counterfoil fitted into our passports that allows us to enter the country. And uh, I, I mean, despite the fact that I know the stories about really hard finding the place to stay, especially for newcomers. Uh, most likely my experience in travel business helped me to find a place to stay like for the first three to four months and I was able to do that in advance. And I was able to prepare this apartment in Victoria. So, and after that it was pretty straightforward and we were extremely lucky and extremely fortunate that we were able to meet Kathy in a departures travel and uh, that gave us, uh, like, they opened a lot of opportunities for us. Yeah. So, Kathy, um, 
I know this is where your role in the story sort of starts. I'm curious, what was your first introduction to Max, Victoria, and their family? What was the first way that you met them? I, I assume it was virtually. Yeah, I actually got an email um, from Max, and it, it just said, uh, Ukraine, uh, experienced Ukrainian travel agent looking for a job in Victoria. And um, as many of you know in the room, you get lots of emails that are, are from all sorts of places, and generally they're not authentic. But for whatever reason, I looked at this one and I thought, wow, that's very specific. So I decided to read it and liked what I read. And so I thought, well, I'll just respond back. Um, at the time, I wasn't looking for anybody. We just hired a couple of new people, but uh, ended up going back and forth and eventually had a Zoom meeting. And I thought, oh, he is real. <laughs> Max, did anyone else respond except Kathy? <clears throat> well, uh, I've sent not that many emails uh, because the choice of the travel agencies in Victoria is really limited, uh, okay. especially after the pandemic hit uh, yeah. the whole like world. Uh, so, but no, the, the I got only one specific response from Kathy. I mean, Kathy, you said it was because the email was very specific, but. I know everyone in this audience does get a flood of emails in their inbox constantly. I mean, what made you pick that email out? What made you engage Max? Well, I think at the time, you know, there was so much in the news about what was happening in Ukraine, and my kids are part Ukrainian, and I, it just there was just something about it that resonated. I'm, I'm not really sure. I think yeah. it was just meant to be. Um, all right, so how did the process pick to eventually have Max and Victoria join your agency? I mean, you said you weren't looking for people. Um, at what point did you start considering maybe this was a, a good idea to bring these two on board? Right. Well, I, um, I know a, a good friend of mine in Victoria is a recruiter. And so when I was talking to Max, I said, well, you know, I, I don't really have anything in the agency right now, but when you come into town, come in, we'll meet, and I know somebody that maybe could help you. And um, so about a month later, they showed up in Victoria, and I was actually just leaving on a big trip for a month. And um, so I met with them, and I, I mean, I fell in love with them right away. They had their dog and their kids, and um, it was wonderful to just meet them. And um, within a couple of days, they, I was leaving, and they both expressed interest in joining me, and I was like, okay, let's just do it. Hmm. And so I had no idea how it was gonna fit, but it all worked out really well. I mean, it does seem, I mean, I, I met you earlier in the year, the three of you, and we spoke last night. It just seems you all, you, the, the camaraderie and the bond between you three is just something special. And Kathy, you mentioned it seemed meant to be, and like, it really does seem meant to be that you'd be the one to answer Max's email, and then Max and Victoria would land on Victoria, uh, British Columbia, <laughs> as their destination, simply because of the preference of the weather and the language. Like, does it feel, Max, does it feel for you like luck? Does it feel like fate? What does it feel like? Well, of course, part of the luck is involved in the process as well, for sure. Uh, and uh, also, I kind of, well, that's my own perception. I believe some kind of worldwide energy when you are trying to do some good, thing, good things to the clients, to the people you know, to the tourists, I don't know. Um, most likely, there is a chance that it can come back later to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah, that's a maybe, great that, attitude maybe that was the case. Yeah. Um, so Victoria, you and your family, Max and your two children, you adapted a life in Portugal, then you had to readapt to life in Canada. 
what was the transition like for you as, personally as a family? Um, was it difficult? I know the language barrier was a little lower than it was in Portugal. But what, what were things like when you first started your new life in Canada? Uh, Victoria is an amazingly beautiful place. And uh, the whole Vancouver Island is just the place to explore. And we've been so enjoying the flowers and the nature and everything uh, together with kids. And uh, it's been hard, but my boss is here. I cannot speak much about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's okay. been great. Okay. Yeah, and for my kids. <laughs> uh, and I am happy that my kids are happy. They're smiling, they're laughing, they're enjoying their lives, they are making new friends, they do sports, and it's all I need. What about you, Max? How's, how's it been for you personally? I know you were by yourself for a little bit in Ukraine, you made a journey to Portugal. How has it been for you? I, and you also have family still in Ukraine, correct? Yeah, yeah, I still have my father, and uh, by the way, he will come for a visit like for a couple of weeks oh, in wow. a few in few weeks. So that would be great. Yeah. That is great. And because we, I didn't see him like for more than a year already. So yes, yeah, so hopefully it will be a successful trip for him. And uh, yeah, so the only concern for me was the the transition of my kids, and uh, we were really surprised by the level of English language that they possessed, and they were. And ready to integrate in the society so quickly, and yeah. uh, they were able to find friends from all over the world because they studied schools with lots of international students as well. And okay. uh, and uh, there is a Ukrainian community in uh, in, uh, in Victoria as well, so they have friends from the from Ukraine as well. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm really enjoy what I'm doing because that's the work of my life, and I'm I'm, I'm I can use my experience and my knowledge uh, here on the Canadian market. And yeah, I've managed to find people who like to play basketball, so I'm playing the, the game I love as well. And yes, so it, yeah. the transition is smooth and uh, it's really nice. Yeah. It's happening like this. Um, so Kathy, I know everyone in this audience who has employees knows that hiring anyone, you take a little bit of leap of faith. And there's always a worry that maybe this wasn't the right candidate, might've been the wrong candidate. Uh, how have Max and Victoria adapted to the Canadian travel industry in general? I mean, I know they had skills from the Ukraine that obviously can be used over here, but how have you seen their transition from, from your point of view? Well, first of all, the um, people of Victoria have been incredibly supportive and, and sending clients, and, and that's been really wonderful. Um, Max specifically is working as a travel advisor, and his skills are incredible. I mean, really He's, he's got incredible knowledge, and the knowledge of Europe in particular has been great for our agency. So he's been able to really help our other advisors with that. And then for Victoria, initially she came on, she was going to be an advisor as well. But as it turns out, I lost my um, accounting person at the same time as they started uh, due to an illness. And um, Victoria did their accounting in in Kiev, so she's now transited to that role and it's going really well. It's going as well as it can be expected. <laughs> but uh, she's doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, so Max, what has it been like selling travel in Canada to Canadians? I mean, Kathy mentioned your knowledge of Europe, which I'm sure, again, is, is such a, it's just a big asset to have, but yeah. what changes have you to make uh, when talking to clients or just your day-to-day -day work life? 
well, the big shift that I had to do is just uh, right now I'm, I used to sell Rome from Kiev for 220 euros with flights and <laughs> uh, with flights and uh, and the hotels like for three nights. So right now I need to sell the same set of services like for 25, 3500 Canadian dollars at least. Yes. So so of course the check is different. Uh, the average the check is different. Uh, but I would say that in in general, all the people are the same all over the world, and uh, you just need to listen really carefully to a client and you need to make sure that they will get the best level of services and uh, they get what they want. Yes, so but basically it's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, so I want to ask you this question, Kathy, because again, this was a very personal reach out to you uh, from Action Victoria. It was very specific, obviously. It, was th it wasn't through an organization, but I know there's people in the audience right now who are being inspired by the story. And do you have any advice for people who want to maybe not exactly follow your path, but want to help in any way they can, whether it's people in Ukraine or, or other people around the world who need this help and looking to an industry like the travel industry to, to help them? Well, I would say if you're looking for, for a team, it, it's been phenomenal for our agency, not just for me personally, and I think it's been, it's been good for Max and Victoria, but for all of our travel advisors, it's just, it's made us feel more like a family. Everybody jumps in and, and is pitching in to make sure that they're successful in the community. So I think we are a global, we're a global, um, company and so we should be helping people around the globe if we can yeah. and I think there's a really big opportunity for that yeah and I know there's organizations that will help uh, finding people like this um, but Max you when we spoke earlier in the year you mentioned that you were a part of a tight-knit travel community when you're in Ukraine and there's still people there's a lot of agents from Ukraine have left the country and are working as travel agents all over the world now, is that correct? Well, of course, I mean, the, the, the travel market is a, in terms of saturation is different in Ukraine because like, for example, in Kyiv, we had at least 2000 travel agencies. So the competition was really fierce. And only in my building, when I had an office, there were like three other, no, two other travel agencies. So just three travel agencies in the same building. Yeah, yeah so, and uh, the community there is for sure really big and there are a lot of experience and skilled uh, professionals and uh, of course if they have possessed the uh, knowledge of the English language then uh, most likely they'll be a great asset to any any travel agency all over the place yeah yeah that's perfect and I know I speak to agents a lot and I know agents are looking for help constantly um, spoke spoken to ACTA and NASA in the US about this and uh, it's just I think something to know is that you can find help in the strangest places the most the darkest places, so uh, I think it's everyone in the audience um, to consider. Um, for you, Victoria, and I guess for you too, Max, I mean, I asked Kathy about this, but what do you want the people in the audience to know about, about your stories, and what do you want them to take away from, from this talk right now uh, when they go back to their agency and when they start thinking about sort of the lessons they learned in these last two days? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, uh, Geraldine in the beginning said that bias to action is a, is a, is a really good thing to do and uh, uh, I think that 
well, our story shows that when there are maybe different situations happening in the life and uh, you never know what will happen. Right now we like forgot, forgot how to make uh, plans that take us like maybe two months, three months, four months ahead. We just live day by day and just you need to, to keep moving and to stay flexible and uh, whatever happens, you need to stay alive and you need to do whatever you like and want to do. So I, that's what I can tell right now. <laughs> And Kathy, and, no, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. And anything you want to add to that, Kathy? I know, again, I keep mentioning the leap of faith, but you definitely took one, and it obviously worked out for you. You mentioned to me earlier that uh, Max and Petrui are very, very hard workers and are such an asset to your agency. Um, anything you want the people in the audience here to, to know about that? Anything you want to make sure they take away uh, from this conference? Yeah, I think if, if the opportunity presents itself to, um, to bring on someone from another country, I mean specifically Ukraine in this example, do it. It's, it's worth it. It, um, it. It's helpful to you as an agency, it's helpful to your team, and it's helpful to the people coming in. Yeah. Um, so Max Maturia, is this your first time in Toronto? No, we, when we traveled from Azores Island, there's a direct flight from Ponta Delgada to Toronto, so we stayed one night here after flying to Victoria. Okay, so I'm curious, uh, how long have you been in Canada now as total? We landed in Canada on November the 1st, so it is like- Seven or eight months? Seven, eight months, somewhere, right. yeah. So I know customs are different, food is very different, language is very different. Curious, I mean, what is your favorite thing about Canada right now? I mean, is there anything your children really love about it? Is there anything you think is really special in particular? I love people. They're so supportive and nice. And uh, the country is always all about the people. And so I am really thankful to Canada and to Canadian people for all the support that they're giving to Ukrainian people and to their society as well. I can see how they, they treat each other with respect. And uh, when the person leaves the bus, I was amazed that they always thank the driver it's so great. I love it. Even if the driver doesn't hear, they always say thank you. <laughs> and Max, what about you? Yeah, well, it's uh, for sure it's a great country. It's uh, the country for immigrants. It's, uh, I mean, the country for newcomers. The diversity, inclusion is amazing here. And uh, so, yeah, I really enjoy what I see. And, uh, more, and moreover, uh, like we are living, like all my clients come to me and they say, man, you're living in the best place in Canada. You're living in a paradise. So that's how they value the place where they live in and how they treat uh, like Victoria, Vancouver Island. So I was really lucky that we, well, I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about other locations in Canada, for sure, <laughs> but, but still, Vancouver yeah. Island is great, yes. Yeah, so I know the one thing a lot of people in the audience, uh, you mentioned basketball a number of times, which I know is a pretty big sport in Canada, but I'm sure a lot of people want to get you a pair of skates pretty soon, get you on yeah. the ice, uh, and hopefully we can help arrange that. <laughs> um, but I just want to thank you, uh, Max, Victoria, and Kathy. I really do 
appreciate you coming on today. I, I know things are not only hectic for you in your work life, but hectic in your personal life too. You, you, all three of you have been through so much. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to help tell your story on stage here. And I hope everyone in the audience appreciated hearing it too. So I just hope we can give a hand for uh, Max. Um, thank you so much for having us.